Hi, everyone. I'm going to keep this intro short so we can get to the conversation, but I just want to announce that the Helix Show is doing something a bit new this September. We're going to be doing a $50 free Amazon gift card giveaway. So if you just keep listening to this episode, you'll find instructions on how to enter the giveaway. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Helix Show. Today, we are joined by the one and only Jason Zufranieri, or known as Jeopardy Jason, for his uh, $500,000 19-game winning streak on Jeopardy two years ago. And this made him the third highest moneymaker, at least as of 2019, and tied him for fourth for the most consecutive runs in the show's history. And outside of the Jeopardy Hall of Fame, Mr. Zufranieri is a math teacher at the Albuquerque Academy in New Mexico and also coaches many other academic competitions like Math Counts and Science Bowl. So, Mr. Zufranieri, thank you so much for joining me today on The Helix Show. Oh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you, Chris. Um, Can we get started, I guess, with just a bit of background? Um, and we usually start kind of from childhood to where yeah. you are now. And I know you were already a math teacher by the time you were on Jeopardy, but what other places did life take you? Right. So, um, I mean, I was I was born in Western New York. I moved to Phoenix when I was, uh, I guess, in third grade. And I lived there um, until grad school when I came on over to New Mexico. Um, originally, this was going to be a three-month internship. And I've been here 19 years. Wow. <laughs> And uh, I was working, um, what brought me there um, to here was that uh, I had a statistics internship at the national labs that are in town, uh, San Diego National Labs. And after seven years at the labs, um, I've been teaching, I guess, for the last, gosh, uh, this is my 13th year, which is really hard to believe, and my ninth year here at the academy. Oh, wow. And was um, just... For, because you're on Jeopardy, were like trivia competitions or things like Quiz One Science Bowl, things that you also participated in as a high schooler? Right. So I, uh, um, so yeah, going all the way back, I mean, I remember playing little trivia games like on uh, countries and capitals and states and capitals, even as young as like being like six or seven years old and Trivial Pursuit, we had the game and I would play by myself. Um, I was on the fourth and fifth grade academic bowl team uh, at my elementary school. And then I didn't make the team in sixth grade. I totally just flamed out during the uh, during the tryout. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Uh, and then seventh and eighth grade, I didn't make the team either. And uh, and then high school, I mean, watched Jeopardy, but that was about the extent of it. But then by my senior year, um, in addition to doing like I did math counts and other math competitions, they're um growing up and then my senior year i joined academic decathlon which is more of a test-based thing there really isn't a buzzer component or anything but um it seemed like a good place to to put my i guess pretty good memory and um desire to learn those types of things uh into uh into action and then uh, when i got to college i played college bowl again not even from the start it was my fourth year that a friend of mine in the dorm said look we need somebody for our team and then we went to nationals and I really haven't put down a buzzer since then. It's been over 20 years now. Wow. Yeah. And so, so I, I think that when it comes to things like these competitions, some people come with like a certain thing they're interested in, like science or they really like math or were you, do you consider yourself more of a generalist when it came to these competitions? 
So, um, so academic decathlon in particular, I remember there were there were seven written categories and then three sort of you had to do give a speech and an interview oh, and something else, an essay. And um, so I was really good at the math one. I won a gold medal at the math thing, and I actually somehow walked into a bronze medal at the literature thing. But for the most part, I thought I was just like a math kind of specialist. And then um, playing college bowl in in college, obviously, um, really more of a pop culture thing. That's what I brought. Um, I would say most naturally that's where my inclinations were. And then really it took studying to get me into literature and geography and um, certain aspects of science I hadn't really thought deeply about. Um, but so, so I mean, my most naturally gifted subject, if there is such a thing would be probably sports, which is <laughs> not your typical, I would argue, not your typical thing amongst uh, the the sort of eggheads that do all the time. <laughs> That's really true. I mean I, that in a loving way. <laughs> it's true. When, when I go to quiz bowl tournaments or something, the sports questions, they just go dead. No one, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um, no yeah. one can answer them. Uh-huh. Um, this is something that I guess why I want to ask about your childhood is what really made you want to compete in Jeopardy? And I think in these buzzer based competitions, there's a lot of different elements of obviously wanting to buzz in and be proud of yourself for learning or retaining all these facts. But there's also this kind of maybe ego element to it. I think um, just as a quiz bowler where you want to see the reaction that you get and <laughs> in, in something in jeopardy, uh, which is broadcasted to everywhere. Um, uh-huh. Well, what made you want to compete? And was it kind of from those roots of doing these buzzer based competitions in college? It might be the other way around, really thinking back <laughs> that, I mean, uh, even before, I mean, I remember jeopardy when I was in like fourth grade. And so, I mean, that was before I'd ever even played like a trivia game beyond like some board game or something. And so to me, it had always been the, um, the pinnacle of trivia competition. It's just among the people, I mean, there, I know people that have played for 30 years, they played some form of quiz bowl for 30 years and now their coaches and their grandchildren are playing and whatever <laughs> else. And, uh, it always seemed like the, even though I know it's not the hardest questions in, in the, in the game uh, and, you know, it doesn't have everybody from around the world, but in the U S in particular, it's always seemed to be the pinnacle of trivia experience to, to be blessed enough to get the call to, uh, to head to the show. And mm-hmm. so I, I think I'm not at all unique in wanting to be a part of that. In fact, um, my teammates, there, there are three other, three other guys that we have played together for 20 years now in quiz bowl and then trash quiz bowl and other pop culture things. And we've done all sorts of pub trivia and stuff. We all went on the show and it was just in, in sort of different cycles, but yeah, I mean, it's just, that just goes to show like everyone, in my opinion, everyone who's even halfway serious about this loves that show and uh, would honor, be honored to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. And it took you nine times to finally get <laughs> yeah. on. Um, and that, I mean, it's just amazing. It's an amazing story. And what made you keep going and trying out all those times? Uh, it just, you know, that it, it still was always the gold standard. And so, you know, and I knew... Um, well, so so it, it's kind of funny, like uh, people are like, oh, you should go like in high school. It was even in the 90s in high school. They were like, oh, you should totally go and try out. And I did try out. They, they pulled my postcard out of the, the hopper, you know, and uh, and I had it on over. And we actually t- um, took the test and stuff in the studio before there was an online test, before mm. practically there was even online while we're here. And um, and yeah, it, I wasn't good enough. 
I, it was, I, I, I failed the test and I failed the test again. And then I failed the test again. And it took until, um, until it went to the online thing, until I started really getting serious about things that, um, then it was like, well, now I'm failing the interview, you know, um, <laughs> but it was always, you know, I mean, I, I thought it would make for a good story. I'd actually heard that, uh, you know, Ken Jennings, who won the, uh, the greatest of all time tournament, he himself had tried out like seven times wow. before coming onto the show. And I am not in that class in it by any means, but I mean, it happens to even, even the best of them. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that never didn't deter me at all. Um, I will say, in fact, um, to my, I don't know if to my credit or whatever, someone, a friend of mine, one of those, one of my teammates would be like, Hey, let's get on some other game show. They got these other team things. They got that beat Shazam or whatever. And I'm like, if I do that, I wouldn't be eligible for this for a couple of years. I don't even want to try. I'm always just, you do your thing, but I'm going to keep on going for this one. And, um, and I'm glad it finally, you know, worked out, you know, fortunate enough for it to work out. Yeah. That's amazing. From high school to, um, you competed when you were like already like a math teacher. So mm-hmm. it, it's really incredible that you like got to stick around to it. Cause I feel like myself, if I were in that position, I would just say, Oh, I was a stupid teenager. (laughs) I mean it, but there's something to that. I mean, to, uh, I know so many people that just frankly outgrow the game just in the sense that like, well, now they have a family and now they're the, you know, vice president of some company or something. And they don't have time to do this kind of thing. And, uh, in, you know, the way my life has kind of progressed. So I, I'm married now. We have a child. We have another child actually on the way in a couple of months now. Oh, congratulations. And, oh, thank you. Yeah. That's all. All of that has happened in the last two years. Hmm. And we had met before then, but I'm saying even getting married and then and then becoming a father, that's all happened so recently. And I think that's why I was able to stick with this, you know, former little hobby in high school and college and then turn it into, you know, something that stuck with me for long after long after i graduated and maybe this is why i see there's a lot of teachers specifically who do compete on these shows like jeopardy mm-hmm. and um it's not that they don't have other priorities in their life at <laughs> yeah, all well, that's a good but uh, you don't you don't see a lot of like ceos of companies competing on this show right no i know yeah well, there would be a pay cut for them to yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh but no no that that's uh that's a really good point and i, and I also think you see um teachers because they're they're surrounded by knowledge and yeah and, you know, many of them, I mean, even even players that I've met through the show are, you know, they teach whatever, but they're also like the quiz bowl coach at their school, something like that. And they've participated in in like there's this online trivia thing called Learned League. And, you know, a lot of people, if you don't know it, you should know it. It's it's a, it's pretty hot stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, you see a lot of the same names and in, in, in the different places that you go to in the trivia world, because it's uh, some people just take to it. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering how does someone like you study for a competition like Jeopardy? Um, and is it a bit different, I would imagine, than studying for something like Science Bowl or Quiz Bowl? Um, yeah. So what was your process? Yeah, you know, I mean, there there is a similarity between them. I'm mean, even across like, um, let's let's talk about my math counts, which I don't play anymore. I have the shirt, by the way, here. <laughs> I, I don't play it anymore, but I certainly coach it. And I actually played math counts back then. And you like look at the previous year's tests and then science bowl. What do we do at practice? We look at the previous year's, you know, the the regionals and the national competition. They, they put the stuff online. And when it comes to uh, Jeopardy, what would you do? the same thing, you know, you're trying to, you can't really predict where they're going to go, but you just want to marinate in all the different topics that tend to come up 
more often. And the answers that you see very frequently, and um, no better way to do that than, in my opinion, the indispensable J archive, which yeah. is just a just a fabulous way. The Jeopardy archive has, I don't know, half a million or more clues from the previous shows. And I mean, you're not going to go through all of them, but you are going to see a lot of the same things and see a lot of the same categories, and maybe then do a do a dig on those categories. Like I, I was. I, I thought my geography was super weak, um, so much so that um, I would, you know, I would avoid it. But then I started studying it through like, um, like the Sporkle website is just a wonderful place and um, really paying close attention. I look at maps and even just, just doing it myself, looking, opening up an atlas and taking a look. And, um, and it became like a strength, you know, so that, um, that was a good way, even if they don't ask about all those things, at least you, you get more comfortable so that when they do, might be something easier and you're like oh good i don't need to know this you know the the 20 largest seas in the world i just need to know the top three something like that so yeah and i think uh, a lot of people uh fell in love with your humility like while you were on jeopardy (laughs) i I have a lot to be humble about but that's that's nice of you to say (laughs) and you seem to kind of be surprised almost when you got an answer right um and attribute like a lot to luck but as a as someone who has a degree in statistics um, and math have you ever thought about like the statistical probability of your run being by pure chance and this is coming from someone who's like never (laughs) taken a stats class before but it seems like there would be some sort of like regression to the mean if it was just by pure chance that, well, so so you bring up a good point. Yeah, I mean, there, it wasn't it really wasn't uh, just random answers that I would give that just happened to be correct. You know, um, I would say so. So much of that. I mean, it was really pure surprise that that things would work out. Um, just, even on an individual question and and a ringing in thing, because frequently it's a, you're you're almost judging part of the the fuzzy logic that goes into it is well you know what else could they possibly be asking for here you know it could be this very obscure thing that i might not remember the name of or it might be this very popular thing and this is a 200 dollar clue it's got to be the obvious one you know and so you see that a lot actually you're like well what else could it be i'm i'm certainly not going to bet my life on this answer but I feel like since you're asking about it and I'm answering this, probably this. Um, But having said that, the the, the good fortune, it wasn't necessarily just on individual questions. In fact, I think some of the, like the final jeopardies I had were absolute, just total stumpers that like, even when they send the answer, I'm like, I don't even know what that is, you know? Um, But in at least a couple of instances, it wouldn't have taken an awful lot. I, I would argue three or four times, in fact, including some of my first games, um, the luck was in like, wow, it turns out that this one, there were, you know, this could have gone two ways and going this one way led me to get enough money that I could handle missing the question, which might've been some bad luck, but I had the good luck of having that, that extra insurance there, you know, and um, it really doesn't take a whole lot, especially because it's not like you come back when you lose uh, and you can say, look, I, I swear I got it in me. Once you're done, you're done. And so for things to go so fortunate on the front end and i would say gosh three or four of my first like five matches could have gone the other way without a lot of without a lot of changing that's what i mean by good fortune and um and it's that it's not that i you know i was lucky to get some right answers and so although i was but i mean lots of people up there have got a lot of right answers and it's just the way they shook out 
it was like, well, that, that sure works out a lot better than it could have with, with not a lot of change. Yeah. And I think this is where things like, cause we'll get um, compared to like sports so much or jeopardy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're very similar. They're both like game, they have rules and um, it is really amazing to think like sometimes the cards play out nicely. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like do Taekwondo and what my coach always says is like on any given day, any, any person in the ring could win. Um, mm-hmm. But the skill definitely was there. And <laughs> I am wondering, um, after that huge run, it must have kind of, uh, like, you can't really comprehend that you're winning, like, this much money or right. you're going on the streak. So kind of how long did it take for all of this to settle in? And maybe once you got back um, for it to settle in, oh, wow, I'm, like, on the Jeopardy Hall of Fame now. That was, yeah. I mean, everything, well, I mean, I think their marketers do a phenomenal job, you know, yeah. I mean, puffing things up and stuff. And I just felt like an ordinary guy that, that, that got on something of a run. And, and I had some real advantages, like um, after making it through the first, first bit there, I had like three and a half months between then and the next, something like that, then and the next um, taping. And that's a lot of time to, to book up on things and stuff. So I just want to, I just want to get that out there. Um, as for it kind of sinking in, it, it probably when it, the, when the episodes actually aired, yeah. um, I had the uh, unique pleasure of being the reigning champion um, because I had made it through the the end of the season while watching the first few episodes themselves. And in fact, um, the first time we taped, after all that initial stuff that night we went to a a local tavern and actually watched an episode oh. that i was in <laughs> and and the reason i was there is because i had survived that and a few more and so it was this uh it so it was it, it was very surreal for quite a while and and i think when um after i had lost and and then the show started airing and then like these these amusing accolades and these hilarious commercials you know can anyone beat this guy i saw that i couldn't even believe that i'm like you know someone can beat this guy you just saw it so i thought though that that still felt not even real but um you know after after getting back into the real world and realizing you know my students they thought it was amusing but you know well what's going to be on the test was really important you know that's when it it uh it started to wear off i guess yeah i actually did want to ask about like how your life had changed but you um and right like even now you're getting new students as like this new school you're starting and do they know you as like oh that teacher who won jeopardy (laughs) i have well um i actually happen to be so i'm at my desk in my office and i happen to have something that for whatever reason i even mentioned this on one of the shows the um the school decided they said we're going to come up with these little decals or something to um, promote the school, like things that are sort of unique about the school. Look at this one. <laughs> this was one that they had made, presumably in my honor. <laughs> and uh, and it's delightful. And um, I showed up. Uh, so that was, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something. And then we come to school last year. And granted, we weren't here for all that time because of, you know, things that were going on outside the world. But um, each one of the um, hand sanitizer station thing had one of those stickers on it. So all <laughs> kinds of students were like, oh, that must be that guy. I've seen, oh, he's my math teacher. Yeah. Even if they didn't watch the show. So I'm not publicizing it, but it it sort of got, the word got out anyway. So yeah. that was kind of amusing. Um, I even had some of the younger students uh, <laughs> autograph one of those stickers. Oh, wow. so, <laughs> so we do, um, I, and I actually, um, 
I mean, frankly, after after a, something of a disappointing showing on the Tournament of Champions, anyhow, I'm I'm definitely back to earth here, and so I'm I don't even we we play some trivia games and stuff, but I don't even bring it up because yeah. you know there's that's uh, long enough ago, and you know now it's it's a different thing. But I still do love to play little quiz games with them every now and then. And they're like, oh, I bet you I know why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I know that the reason that you did Jeopardy probably wasn't for like the money necessarily, but it is like a large sum of money. And what did you, I guess, what were your main priorities like when you were spending? (laughs) Right, right. Well, I I live a, by, I live a pretty simple life, really. I mean, I, I, um, and so I don't, things I tend to, um, if I really wanted something, I would probably have already gone out and gotten yeah. it. And so when the the money came along, I mean, it was right around the time um, I actually got engaged while I was the defending champ to, in some mm-hmm. sense. And, uh, and then we were going to put money towards a, like a house um, yeah. where I was living was just too small and old and it was time to kind of move on. And so, so that was certainly a big part of it. And, and to be perfectly honest, I, I'd really never thought I'd see the day that I would uh, write a $180,000 check or whatever it was to the federal treasury. So that's uh, that was a quite a big chunk of money as well. And so, you know, a lot of it was already kind of spoken for by how the trajectory of life I was on. And um, so I'm still driving the same car and I'm still wearing the same clothes and, you know, living the same kind of lifestyle just in a, in a slightly nicer house, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and so after like your Jeopardy run and do you decide to become like a coach in these like other competitions afterwards? And um, was there any part of you that was like, oh, this is kind of who I was as a high schooler? <laughs> that Well, so um, so that that actually all happened well before, oh, uh, well before. In fact, um, it was when I had first moved to New Mexico, um, it was the early 2000s. And then I wanted to get like a quiz bowl circuit started as soon as I could. And funny enough, uh, the one place that was willing to host like a quiz bowl event was the school where I now work, mm-hmm. um, which I then learned about and like, oh, this is a terrific place to be. And it's an independent school. And the students were all super sharp. They were winning these competitions repeatedly, you know. So I've really, I, I've really kind of been behind it from from well before I, I got onto the show, after I was done playing officially as like a college student, then um, I would even host my own like music game show at my house. And we would go to, you know, pub trivia things and stuff. And I could host some of that too. So, I mean, I've, I've been on both sides of it for quite a while, but, but um, the, I was, I've been the, um, the coach of the science bowl team here since uh, 2014. And in fact, I would credit some of that play with, you know, some of the answers that I got. Um, and so, so yeah, it, it, um, it's not that the getting on the show led to the coaching. It may be the other way around. Oh yeah. And, um, I think, uh, your school, I did remember seeing, um, in like the NAQT news, uh, the, for the middle, there was like a middle schooler or something and he won like individual. Yeah. It was, if I could, so a little look behind the curtain and this was well before I was on the show. Yeah. That was Ramses. He was, Oh, what a good guy he was. He, he was the only player actually that showed up for our school for that thing. And there were only three teams and he ended up uh, defeating the other two teams. And they said, well, we're going to make you player of the week or whatever. So so that was neat. Yeah. I, I, I have struggled, 
you know, I thought actually maybe getting on the show would would like, oh man, this is going to get people super excited for playing quiz bowl and things like that. And we could have intramurals or who knows, <laughs> but man, it's it it uh, it is just tough tough going. I'll be honest. Um, there's so many things I think that um, our students are motivated to to get into the top schools and what I think they think those schools are looking for is not stuff like this. And so um, it's almost like if you can find the time amidst your other activities, you'll do it. And so I've struggled to get like, a, I would love to have a New Mexico circuit, but it just, it just has been uh, very difficult going from before I got here um, to when I started working here to even after, you know, being on, being on the show. Yeah. And that, uh, that's something that I definitely resonate with as well. Yeah. I think just going down the generations of like my Quizwell team, for example, there's mm-hmm. less and less engagement because, and this is something that we talk about is we feel like, and even myself, I think, um, to some extent, we feel like these trivia based extracurriculars, I do like science bowl and academic team and quiz bowl, like mm-hmm. they're not very valuable on, uh, application. And <laughs> I mean, I play quiz bowl because it's fun and I can learn a lot more. Um, but I've heard people like talk about how it's not useful for the college application process. Like no mm-hmm. one, like colleges are looking for people who can maybe do valuable research or place in these Olympiad competitions. They're not looking for people who can memorize clues and buzz fast. And um, what do you think the value of doing like qu- things like Quizville and Science Bowl are? You know, it's hard to, um, well, I, I definitely think like on a Science Bowl thing, I mean, you can really, you can really dig into some of the latest like technologies and learn about that stuff. I mean, they, they certainly recently, they'll say, you know, you know toss up question, people at the, such and such <laughs> national lab. I hate national it when they lab. do that. They've got some new new polymer or whatever, right? And so so it might pique your interest in in those types of things. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to quiz bowl, it's it's hard to say because um, I think you might already be drawn to that sort of desire to learn, and then this just this just feeds it more. I think. As opposed to, you know, if I just took just some, grab some students out of the hall and said, you, you're coming with me and we're going to be on the team. I don't know that they would necessarily get a lot out of it. Um, I think you'd have to have maybe the competitive desire already. And I've just, I play all sorts of games. And so, and this is just like another one of them. And, um, and if you have that desire to learn, then, um, then you put it together and you'll, you'll just pick this stuff up. I mean, but trivia for trivia's sake, as much as I love it, I mean, you're right. It's not going to, it's not going to necessarily move the research forward on some deep, you know, problem plaguing society. Um, and, uh, but we still do it cause we love it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and I, I don't apologize. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't either. Um, I, something I, something dawned on me uh, within, and honestly, within the last two months, and this is, I think this is a very telling story about me personally, and maybe where my priorities were, and maybe why I never did much with my college degree and had a lousy GPA and the rest of it uh, in college, is that my senior year, I remember getting an F on an English final <laughs> because I simply didn't read like we, it was Othello and Merchant of Venice. And I just did not, I simply did not read it. What did I read? I read the academic decathlon books that were for the <laughs> competition. And I realized, it, and it just hit me like in the last month, like, wow, I say I never read, but I read for academic decathlon. What does that mean? And I'm still trying to figure it out, but I think it says, you know, just this competitive spirit 
you know, for, for better or for worse. Yeah. And I think quizable people, um, I think like the stereotypical, like Peter Parker, um, <laughs> nerd type person, like we're, the, I've seen some really bad, like maybe anger bursts that I, you wouldn't expect from someone from the football team, I would say. And <laughs> I, I do think that's uh, true that you're getting like a specific crowd of people, even like when I've tried like to outreach um, to expand the club. Doesn't really work that well, but it's also amazing to see like once you get into the community, there's like all of the slang and all of these like forum mm-hmm. posts and just a, a lot of people who are um in it. And I think that goes for anything. Um one thing I also noticed like in Quizbowl and Scienceful, Scienceful, I would say for people who like science, it might be a really valuable activity because they actually test you on. Sci- and not that Quizwell doesn't test you on science, but I think in Quizwell right. it's easier to learn these stock clues of uh, certain keywords and associate with different elements and stuff. But science yeah. will they'll ask, they'll give you like this is a bike's velocity, and this like they'll make you solve problems, you compute things, right? Yeah. You have to do things that maybe a scientist would do, and it's 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 hard to find the analog for you know. Well, what would a I don't know. I, I use the word trivia and not in any negative sense. Well, like what would a professional trivia person do apart from like game shows and stuff? I don't, I don't really know. And again, I don't, I don't, I need to bag on this hobby. I absolutely love it. And I think it's, and there's gotta be something to it because I mean, this isn't like an American phenomenon or a college or high school student phenomenon. I mean, it is all ages and it is around the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, the the best people who know like the most about European history aren't even they they live in Southeast Asia, you know, and it's just funny. Like, so there, there's something to that, that desire to learn um, that. Uh, yeah. I think we've said enough. Yeah. 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 Oh, and this is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately mm-hmm. um, from your experience as a teacher and just from your, even like your high school experience, um, someone who's surrounded by brilliant students all the time, how much academic ex- success do you think we can attribute to pure talent and genius? And how much of it do you think comes from like hard work? Uh, I will, I will absolutely put it on hard work before I will put it on like, like some, um, I don't know what it would be almost like a nurture nature and nurture yeah. and that whole idea I, I really do think you have to you have to go out and get it at least you know in in um in like the courses like that i'm teaching i mean i see our math students and stuff and and it's it you know some of them it just it just really comes naturally you know you don't need to to write down any notes or anything um but that is very rare and there are many more who are like they're they're putting in a ton of effort and not not getting quite the results and and looking at that yeah i mean it's it's um it really is hard to say, I guess. I, I think, um, I think certain people, you know, you might just be just geared a certain way. I mean, I don't want to, I, I don't want to sound negative. Like I am, I am just atrocious at, at any sort of drawing, you know, any, any sort of art, or if I was to, if I were to sculpt something, even my, my drawings on the board, even my diagrams tend to be you know, embarrassing. And it's, and it, it's one of those, you know, how did this happen? How did I, I can do the numbers, but I can't even do the figures. Um, so th- there probably is something to it, something innate, but I, I don't know any real way to quantify it. Uh, yeah. Or even, you know, who is drawn to what I, I, I will say people who tend to like 
science bowl also tend to like quiz bowl so that might just be their in their nature you know that they like they like the sound of buzzers maybe you know? <laughs> yeah yeah but i i think that's a great point and i definitely think there's like this um like I don't know how much we can attribute to like genetics or how much to hard work. And when we think of these geniuses like Albert Einstein or like Richard Feynman, we like, I think a lot of us, we think, okay, there's must be some genetic outlier there or Mm -hmm. uh, it could be hard work. And I guess something that I used to get really offended by is when people like say smart um, Mm -hmm. and say, oh, this person is just smart. I'm sure you've been called like smart a lot of times on the news or, and, (laughs) um, but like a lot of it's hard work. Uh, Do do you just brush that off now? You're probably like, um, well, it's, it's, (laughs) I I just, I refute those claims to be perfectly honest. (laughs) I've got plenty of silly proclivities that, I mean, you would see, you know, why would he do it that way? And how did he not know how to, all you had to do is put those two parts together. You assemble the whole thing and he couldn't even figure it out. So no, I'm perfectly happy to prove people (laughs) wrong if they think I'm, uh, I'm on that end. I, I will say, you know, I mean, I like to, I like to recount my, uh, one of my earliest memories of my father was that uh, I would, he would work when I was awake. Um, He'd be sleeping and, you know, and then he would, I would go to sleep and he would, so I wouldn't see him a whole lot uh, when I was younger, but I remember one day I had a half day and it happened to be that he was at home. And so he he taught me fractions with peaches and pears out of the can, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know to this day and I'll never know. Did he teach me that because I was already the type of person who was getting those things? Or do I now get those things because he taught me that? Um, and being, you know, a father myself, our, you know, our, our son is 10 months tomorrow, you know, so we have a long way to go. But I'm certainly going to go down that same road and probably do the same, same thing with, with peaches and pears. And uh, when he's when he's of an appropriate age, and we'll just hope it sticks, you know. And I think there might have been... I, I'm sure my parents had a big, big part of, you know, well, we got a computer when I was young and that probably helped me, you know, always be on a computer all the time these days too, you know? Um, so, so yeah. And that's, it's uh, I think if any giftedness on this end, it was, you know, it was my family. I would say I was gifted to have such a good loving and, and supportive family. Yeah. And um, just with like more of the, I guess, an aspect of talent, I think a lot of people with these buzzer games, they're impressed by the speed. Um, and I think you, you're also involved in a lot of things where it's very speed based. And yeah. do you think that's like a thing that you develop over time or is that, I, I, I think that I know the answer, but um, <laughs> do you think that some people might be better at like doing these things or at least more drawn to them? I, I I think it, it probably has to be. I, I don't know that you can just, just take someone and, and do it. I, I can say like, um, I mean, like calculating things has always been something I've done quickly. But at the same time, um, you know, when I'm out going for a walk or whatever on our, let's say on our beautiful campus, you know, I am significantly more likely to, you know, think about some number I saw and try to factor it or maybe what's interesting about it or, or just some other calculations in my head. And I won't even notice that the leaves are changing, you know, and it's, it's, and then, so I think it, it, it might be a wiring thing in that sense that, um, that it's just something, you know, I, I, I like numbers. Let's go numbers, numbers, numbers. And you wouldn't even notice something like that, or you may not even see someone coming right towards you. Um, 
I will say that that I'm I'm getting up there now. I'm in my 40s now, and it's the type of thing where um, I I cultivate whatever speed kind of thing I've got. I'm trying to I'm, I'm I play chess games that take less than a minute. I'm playing this speed Scrabble game online. I'm trying to answer things as quick as possible because I don't want to lose that, you know. And it's it's the and it it does serve you in a lot of these different types of competitions uh, in such a way that um, that yeah, I think it it's probably one of my greatest attributes because to be perfectly honest, I don't have the knowledge base or, you know, some of the savvy that a lot of these people do. And, 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 you know, to my detriment, you know, it costs me on some other um, very obvious things I could have maybe gotten right on the show or whatever. But um, so I think, yeah, the speed thing, I might have had something just wired in me a certain way, but, but I have definitely worked on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> to maybe to my social dismay or to my wife's consternation or whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, and who knows who's to say what the future holds. But, but yeah, I think it's a good, uh, it's definitely a good skill to have. And I don't really know how to teach it. I mean, I, but I still do puzzles every day and I still play these games every day. And so that's probably a good way to do it. Yeah. And this is actually something I found online is that you are, or I'm not, if you're like, the fastest but you're maybe one of the fastest kakuro uh, solvers Uh. (laughs) um i don't know what kakuro is so what is what is it is it like sudoku um and how do you kind of like i guess it's just a lot of practice like you said but certainly yeah no i remember um so so kakuro or it was formerly known as uh cross sums in like the english language magazines um you know that i had like 30 years ago i remember Uh, it's like a number crossword where the clues themselves are given to you as um totals of the numbers that would be in the, the word so to speak that are right next to it so if you see the three numbers add up to 24 and uh, the other rules that you can't have the same number more than once in any of the words you know it would have to be like nine plus eight plus seven um you're only doing digits one to nine so in that sense it's a bit like sudoku and the no repeat thing is also like sudoku but beyond that it's um um it doesn't have a lot of the uh, it, it's not nearly as rich of a game i would say there's not there's not a whole lot of strategies besides you know run the numbers and come up with things quickly and um that video uh a good friend of mine uh, simon from cracking the cryptic had put that up for um that would have been Probably well that website that beloved website that the puzzle was from actually they they stopped publishing new things um I don't know within the last two or three years um and so at the time I would argue on any given puzzle I had as good a chance as anybody of being like the fastest solver in that online form um, but that's definitely kind of receded as I've I've um, I don't know where I guess I've gotten into more crosswords and less number crosswords or something like that. But yeah, that's, that's, um, that's an amusing video to, to go back and see and, and to think like I wouldn't, yeah, I'd be nowhere near that, that quick these days. Yeah, I think he the, caught me on a good day too, to be perfectly honest. It wasn't always like that. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It really just shows like your fascination with like these puzzles and um I, I do I did like just reading a bit about you before this interview. Like I was kind of expecting like the prototypical like Peter Parker type yeah. uh character, but no, it, it really is um just really impressive and inspiring for people who are more inclined to this buzzer based uh well. type of competition. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I, and, and and this is you'll probably find this amusing. Expecting a Peter Parker type, I ha- I am 
zero on comic books. I am zero <laughs> on, on science fiction and fantasy and Star Wars and Harry Potter and that whole that whole genre. I guess I found a way to, I have time to focus on other things because man, I just, it's just almost nothing. Although I do know who he is. And yeah. uh, I was on a ride at Disneyland uh, <laughs> within the last month that was themed around his experience at, uh, and on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe when your kids grow up and they like drag you to those rides, you'll yeah, <laughs> right. I'll yeah, I'll learn. I, I I suspect I'll be very big on uh, the backyardigans pretty soon here. So <laughs> yeah, um, this is a question I ask um all my guests on this podcast, and yeah. it's what's your biggest regret as a student, whether that be in high school or college? Um, I really I could have just hunkered down. I uh, I was um. I have not any real high school regrets and I'm perfectly fine. Um, I went to Arizona state, which is, it's a, I mean, it's a state school. I love it. Um, and it, but it's, it's not like in the list of like the top schools for any academic discipline, but that's fine. There are plenty, thousands of people come out of there every year that are doing great. When I was there, I came uh, from having perfect attendance in high school. And for whatever reason, I got there and, and I just couldn't wait to skip class with impunity, with uh, with no real penalty. But the penalty was when we stopped reviewing and started doing things I didn't know, I was just out to lunch on these things. And some of my grades suffered and I was having some miserable times and, you know, working by myself up late, not getting anywhere. And so I absolutely should have taken things, I think, more seriously and, um, you know, gotten some real guidance when I was, when I was that age. And my, my idea of, you know, an effective summer was one where I could play basketball, you know, three hours a day. And, uh, I was not going to be a professional basketball player, but I could have been like a professional engineer or maybe a software person, something like that. And it, it, um, it didn't happen because I sort of, sabotage those chances by just being so lackluster in so many ways. Um, and definitely if I could go back, I would want to take things much more seriously. Um, even if it led me to where I am today, which I love, I've, there's never been a day as a teacher that I haven't wanted to get up and go on into class. And when I was, um, working as a, as like an analyst before this, it was the type of thing, man, it, it, it was hard some days. I, I was not really as motivated. So I don't, I definitely don't mind where I am, but I could have done a lot better at the very least, as the challenge, it, just as I find puzzles challenging and, you know, and, and crosswords and even, you know, the, the science and math stuff that I'll, I'll see in my, in our, uh, in our practices, I like the challenge and I didn't even, I just didn't even take on the challenge. And that's, um, that's a shame. Yeah, but I think it's also great how you're so happy and content with where you are now. And it gives a bit more um, it gives comfort to people who I guess are kind of agonizing over every step that they take in their life. Um, um, it's trying to like predict what will happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and going back to my family, I've been really very blessed to to have such a stable environment coming up that, you know, because those decisions, I mean, if you, if you choose not to take such and such job and you go somewhere else because you're like, well, I could do what I want. That might really have negative repercussions. And on, on our end, I always had that backstop of uh, supportive family. So I knew I was just working at the margins, really. And um, and so that might be part of my, I would argue, I'm a pretty low blood pressure, calm persona. <laughs> it, it mellow in a lot of ways. It's just because, uh, because yeah, I, I, 
so many things were were taken care of in a really positive way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did want to kind of finish off this episode with some bonus questions that sure. I usually ask. Oh, these are kind of unrelated, but right. <laughs> um, they're more rapid fire too. So All right, sure. If you could have one snack food or food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Boy, uh, I immediately, when you said snack food, I was started thinking Doritos. <laughs> so <laughs> I think oh, that's have... like the second time I've got to that. Oh, I'm not, yeah. not surprised to hear that. No, yeah. uh, I think it was a study funny. saying that was like the most, the most satisfying food was like a cool ranch Dorito. Yeah. I mean, that it, it meets so many people's criteria for what they're looking for. Um, yeah. I might also throw uh, jelly beans in there. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite musician or genre of music? So I'm going to give you the real answer, which is I am uh, one of many guided by voices fans. They're this um, this sort of underground thing that that the, the man, in fact, that's the main uh, impetus behind the group was a teacher. Oh. <laughs> he kept making music and he just loved classic rock. And then he quit teaching and has been like for 30 years, they've been this incredible band. But um, let's also say the Foo Fighters, I just saw them a couple of weeks ago. They came through town and I think Dave Grohl is the most important American musician of, of my lifetime. And just for, for Nirvana and then, and then continuing carrying the torch for, for rock in a world of whatever you call popular music. <laughs> Some of which is perfectly good. Don't get me wrong. I like my rock and, and I like my Foo Fighters. Do you have a favorite book or movie? Um, gosh, I, I'll say this probably isn't my favorite, but it's definitely up there. I own it. I really like Miracle. It was a uh, it was a movie about the 1980 U.S. hockey team that defeated mm -hmm. the the Soviets that had not lost a game in like 16 or 20 years or whatever it was. And uh, and they were college kids and they were playing these these professional adults from um, from the USSR at a time in our country's history and the world's history where that was a real rivalry. Um, it's a beautiful story and it still brings a tear to my eye. And I'll go back and watch watch like the sports highlights regarding that and and still get emotional yeah. so yeah if you had unlimited time money and resources what <laughs> is what is one burning question about the world that you'd want to answer oh gosh uh i really have to think about that why because <laughs> I, I i do have some real honest to god curiosity i mean i would love to know i guess what what makes me what makes me tick this way and what makes you tick that way and that would be an actually a range when you brought up those questions it really got me thinking yeah so i think that would be a perfectly good i you know i might need infinite time and resources to get that. <laughs> yes oh and this is just a question i was curious about do you have mm -hmm. like a most memorable quiz bowl or jeopardy like question that you've answered that you're the most proud of <laughs> i uh one of the one of my favorite things was on one of my one of the earlier episodes um that was it was really it, it turned out it was kind of funny that i think there was a mistake on the show um they were going to play an audio clip and they said uh the the clue was something like um dick dale uh then his song miserloo is on this the soundtrack to this 1994 film 
take a listen, one of those, and you would listen for 10 seconds or whatever. And um, Pulp Fiction is one of my all-time favorite movies. I remember, you know, I was, I, I was just the right age for watching that. And so I immediately rang in because I think they glitched and they, they let, they opened the buzzers. So even before <laughs> I heard the music, I happened to get it, which um, I'm sure, I mean, lots of people could, could, would say the same, but I did think it was kind of funny. And being about one of my favorite shows, I think that was just perfect. Oh, that's great. That's great. I, <laughs> um, I have to admit, I don't really like Pulp Fiction and I don't see the hype. <laughs> but it, well, yeah. You know, it 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 definitely I, I can see plenty of reasons for people <laughs> to not like it stylistically or yeah. even maybe to not like the story, but it's just, you know, again, being the certain age and my a bunch it's of my a classic. With, it's a- it certainly is a classic, you know, and it's it's funny to think, you know, at the time I didn't realize we were watching a classic, but um people still talk about it today, you know. Yeah. So there's uh, there's something to that. And Quentin Tarantino was uh, was visionary in he was definitely original, I'll say that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, that's all my questions for today. Uh, that was a really great conversation. And yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Okay, so here are the four steps to entering the raffle. Number one, make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, which is the Helix Initiative on YouTube. So you can get our latest podcast episodes. Number two, Follow us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at The Helix Show. And this is also to get notifications on our latest episodes. Number three, make sure you're followed to us on Instagram. And our username is at The Helix Initiative. This is really important so that we can contact you to get your gift card. And finally, number four, go to the YouTube comment section. So even if you're listening on Anchor or Spotify, you can just click on the YouTube link in the description. And in the YouTube comment section, type number one, your Instagram username, and number two, answer this question. What percent of academic success do you think comes from talent? And what percent do you think comes from hard work? And give us a little explanation as to why. At the end of September, we'll choose our favorite response and send you the gift card. So thank you guys so much for all your support. I know things like this can get annoying, but we're really just trying to expand our audience. If you have any questions or criticisms or comments about our podcast, please shoot me an email at chris at helixscience.org. Let me know any suggestions and please, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out. Finally, I'll just leave you guys with some bonus footage from the conversation with Mr. Zufanieri, and I really hope you enjoy. So somebody alerted me to this. Um, somebody alerted me to this, and then a fellow contestant did it. And then it turned out um, one of my students um, around the time I was on the show in fall of 2019 had also seen this online. So he got one, and he bought me one. So I have, and then I went and bought my sister, no, my wife and my mother one. I have um, this shirt. I don't know if you can see it there. Can you see it there? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it's a shirt of me doing a little heart symbol at the Jeopardy podium there. Um, and uh, I thought, wow, this, you know, we had to, and no offense to the artist, it's a wonderful rendering, but we had to account for 50% of the sales. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know who would buy this. Oh, wow. Than, Oh, so oh, it's not someone that like you knew that made it. No, it, no not at all. Ooh. It was an Etsy. It was an Etsy account, and then uh, and then I went and happened to buy a couple, and 
he said, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you, uh, you saw my Etsy thing. And so, so I thought that was really super. So, I mean, these, this was a fun time in my life. It's, you know, times are changing, but, uh, but I definitely get some laughs out of it and I got a shirt out of it too. Yeah. It's a great story to tell your kids too. Yeah, I know. Right. Right. I'll get them all. I'll get, if we're having a daughter, I'll get my son and daughter, the shirts. <laughs> that wouldn't be weird at all. <laughs> 